0: So glad that you've joined us today. Welcome to Ways to Love Your Money. We're going to have an interview today that you're not going to want to miss. This is going to be Mr. Damien Lupo. Boy, we got, to have, we got to have him back multiple times. Um, you know, we're so excited for his insight and uh, entrepreneurial wisdom. And uh, basically, don't ever give up. Keep learning from your mistakes, but also grow them even bigger. So I hope you stay tuned. It's going to be amazing. And uh, thanks again. You're tuning into season five. Take care. Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and today's guest is the Chief Honey Badger, which I don't know what that means, but I can't wait to get into the story. Uh, but Damien is, uh, is right here. He's waiting, and uh, you're going to not want to miss this show. All right. Hi, Damien. So good to see you. So good to meet you. So good to talk to you.
1: Great to see you. Great yeah. to meet you
0: as well. So, so tell me so, about so this the Chief, what honey Chief Honey Badger. What is the Chief Honey Badger?
1: So it sort of came out of nowhere, because there was a great crazy YouTube video that has like billions of views on the honey badger. And you can't stop watching it, watch it 100 times, you can't stop watching it. And it's about the honey badger in Africa. And naturally, I was googling and I was looking up like, what is this honey badger? It has it's this crazy world's most fearless animal. And I thought this is wild. And then I started thinking about this. And it just made it it's something hit me. And I went, this is who we are as a company. It's who I am. It's who our clients are. The avatar of us is the honey badger. And it was because the honey badger and, and me, if you look at me and, and everything that I've done and everything I've screwed up, I'm fearless, I'm resilient, I'm committed, I'm decisive. Those are the four attributes of a, of a honey badger. And when people come into our system, if, if they are just afraid and paralyzed in, in a corner, they're probably not going to fit in and same with our people. So it's just, I, I, that's what I am. I'm the chief honey badger and, and that's who our people are, our tribe are as well.
0: Well, I think that's, I mean, that's a great analogy for us all to look at, right? And I, and I know you're kind of a, a habitual uh, entrepreneur and you have been working at things that I think you mentioned something, you had a saying that you've, you're always so interested in things that you don't know how they work, or maybe I'll let you say those words because I think it's more powerful coming from you. Um, but let's talk about the entrepreneur. Let's talk about um, really the journey that people take today to become successful. You've, you've mentioned something in, uh, in conversation that we had before about the two most important people that you need to have when you're actually building your business. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's 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 fascinating because as an entrepreneur, you're naturally curious. And and the way the entrepreneur works is it's the person that doesn't get beat up so much that they stop being curious. A lot of us stop being curious but we're still curious. Like we start off as kids being curious about everything and entrepreneurs just let it take over in a way we're out there. We're like, okay, oh, we're figuring out what the problems are and we're solving them. We're putting teams together. We're just doing things like that. And, and there, here's the problem. If you don't have these two people as an entrepreneur, you're going to blow yourself up every time. And those two people are your mentor that tends to be balder and grayer than you are. Because, and then they can see the future because of their scar tissue. And the other one is the person that's man- monitoring your numbers and that's your bookkeeper. And most entrepreneurs are so busy solving problems and they're, they're on fire that they forget those two things. And then if they have any success, like, like I did in the beginning, they get so arrogant. The ego takes over and they're like, I don't need a mentor. I know everything. And that's how you lose $20 million, which I did.
0: Well, and I agree is, is the importance of a mentor is so important. And and you just mentioned something that you lost a lot of money. So do you want to talk about that? I think it was a real estate journey.
1: Yeah, and it, it, what, was, what was wild when I did things, and there's always a contrarian play where you, you can either do mainstream or you can do off stream and create your own stream. And mm-hmm. so in the beginning, I was doing, when, when tech was crazy, and this is like when tech was crazy a couple of cycles ago, when the, the dot-com boom, people were doing that. And I went off and went to a seminar and, and started buying houses based on some guy on a stage saying, this is how you buy a house without any money. It was one of those infomercials. And so yeah. I did that thing. It worked it was crazy you did what they said it's called modeling so i did what they did and i or at least what they said some people actually don't do anything they just teach it i'm like okay well i didn't know that so i just like did what they said and and 150 houses later i was like wow i'm kind of i'm rich like i thought i was rich and so of course i did the smart thing i went and bought a ferrari and and had all these experiences it's made a bunch of money sold the houses and then i said well now i'm super smart because i whatever i touch turns to gold and that's where I said, I don't really need mentors. I don't need anybody because I know everything, right? This is what happens when you're 28, too much money in a Ferrari. Uh-huh. And, and then I said, well, let me just do it like way bigger. So I went out and, and did apartments, rehab apartments, built condos, multi-million dollar houses next to the Bush estate in Maine. Like I was doing all this stuff because I thought, oh, I'm so successful. I'm 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Uh-huh. And what I didn't realize is that things cycle. And like the last 10 years, there's been one cycle up and so people don't realize that things do cycle. I didn't have the experience or the wisdom and I forgot that to have the bald character around me that could say, yeah, I've been through four of these. And yeah. so when I got deep back into the real estate thinking that I could never lose, uh, not only did I lose, I went from 20 million to negative five million in 12 months. Oh, and that was just that's, that's it's an amazing experience to, to be done yeah. with. It's hell on earth going through it.
0: Wow, I mean, I bet there's a lot of people that have a similar story, maybe not exactly because yours is a bit more extreme, but from 2008 and that journey. And and there's a lot of people that are even, you know, thinking that things might happen again. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that, but are you now afraid of real estate or are you actually heavily invested in real estate again?
1: So I, I have a perspective as a professional investor and, and I've, I invest in things, I've, I've invested in a lot of things over the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. At this point, after having lost things, a smart, savvy investor is a professional pessimist. And it's and and one of the things that people can do is make sure that you understand your thinking. I had optimistic brain and it was like delusional brain back in two thousand five, six, and seven until two thousand eight hit happened, and then I was like paralyzed brain. Wow. And so what I've learned now is to be pragmatic and be realistic and just have the different thinkings. John Maxwell talks about this in his book Thinking for a Change. And so I'm not afraid of it. I'm just really skeptical. So when people come to me with deals and I have a hedge fund that we look at deals and we're looking at deal after deal after deal. And what we're finding is that there's institutional stupid money, which means a lot of money that institutions have to place because they have to put it somewhere. They're required by their mandate to put it somewhere. And then we have unbelievable amounts of stupid retail money, which is individuals that feel like they need to get their money placed. And all this is driving cap rates, meaning the returns really, really low and prices up really, really high and Mm -hmm. high compared to what a fundamental investor would need things to be for it to make sense. So we're passing over and over again. I'm not afraid. I'm just, you know, it's frustrating, but I'm also patient and I don't see the patience in the market. I see people being way too anxious to do something and they're going to do something where they lose their, their toes and their knees.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're talking like the mentor right now. So you went through the experience. What would you tell that maybe real estate investor or uh, investor in the market? What would you tell them right now?
1: That there's, there's always niches. There's always opportunity. But to say that I, you know, real estate is great because it always goes up or it's great for cash flow, and not to dig in. There's two things about real estate. There's location and there's, there's people that execute on it. Mm-hmm. And so if like, I've seen a lot of people that are investing with people and they're saying, here's my money, go do something with it. And those people that they're investing with aren't on site. So like I lost a couple of million bucks in Memphis. I had a project. It was like mice in a cheese shop where mm-hmm. all my money was being consumed. And I had no idea what was going on because I wasn't there. And so it's, there's opportunities if you understand the market. So here's the, here's the advice. Whatever you're going to do, pick it and go deep. And then ideally go on-site or make sure you understand the on-site. I, I talked to a client the other day, and, and she was telling me about how she had just invested in seven, six, seven new houses in six different states. Hmm. And, I, and the total investment was 130000 And so she has seven new jobs because each <laughs> one of those is a job. Absolutely. And I said, you're already tired. What yeah. are you doing? And she goes, well, I, you know, I'm going to do something. I said, what are you going to do? Well, I haven't decided I'm figuring it out. So I saw every possible mistake happening because she was anxious to get her money working. And I said, let's take a breath here and figure out the big vision plan and then go execute based on that plan versus doing something and then figuring it out because you're just going to wipe it. like you're going to end up in the Mayo Clinic like I did when I was in my 20s because I was overheated.
0: Oh, wow. So how was that experience for you? I'm sure that was kind of life altering.
1: Yeah. When you think you're going to die and you're not even 30, you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? And, and this is what happens because you stress yourself out. You burn out your adrenals, like everything's happening. Your emotions and chemistry are all messed up. And that's what's happening when people are feeling it's FOMO. They see these Facebook feeds, they see all these things going on. Everybody's making millions of dollars. They're all mm-hmm. killing it in real estate or stocks or freaking GameStop or whatever. And they go, <laughs> I got to do something. And then they still, they go and they buy seven houses and it's like, I get it. But mm-hmm. It, it, this is where the bald mentor, right? mm-hmm. and I say that because a bald mentor sometimes, like in my case, I don't think I was supposed to go bald. I just earned the baldness with all the <laughs> emotional damage. And it was so, having somebody like that can, can calm the thing down and simplify it. We don't need more complicated. Simple is better. But Wall Street, too often with too many people, there are great advisors that simplify. I think the worst advisors complicate and they try to make it so that people, it's like you're too stupid we're told we're too stupid. So you need to have me manage your money. And there are great advisors that do a great job, but too many people feel inadequate. And so they go, well, I better throw my money at something. And it's it doesn't end well very often.
0: Well, I mean, let's talk about the baby steps then, because so many people today think that uh, when it comes to investing, right, that they could probably do it themselves and maybe even do a better job because the markets just created that atmosphere for them. So so let's, let's talk about that, because Um, the value of a good advisor versus a bad one, of course, but um, where are people headed and what direction do you think that uh, people need to get mentored, if you will, um, to make sure it's like kind of in line with what they really truly want as the outcome versus just saying, I'm going to throw something at this, it's going to work, it's going to do it because um, being in this world with money and the financial services industry for the last 22 plus years, it's interesting because I came in right before that dot-com bubble and everyone thought the same thing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there, it, it comes down to, to a couple of things. One, are you going to take responsibility for your money? Are you Or are you abdicating responsibility? Most mm-hmm. people abdicate. They hand it to somebody and say, make me money. And that is a terrible thing because you're taking no responsibility. And then you're, you get to be a victim. So mm-hmm. you can say, well, my advisor is an idiot. He or she lost all this money. And, and no, that you did. You chose mm-hmm. it. The other thing, and you mentioned this, a, a bad advisor versus a good advisor. My suggestion is don't have either one. Do not have an advisor unless you have a great advisor. Have a world class advisor. Have somebody that that eats their own cooking. What really? they're suggesting, they're doing. And, and be you know, be really candid and be really focused and direct with, with people. You, you don't want to just grab somebody because they, they're your neighbor or you go to church with them. That doesn't mean they're a good advisor. It might be mean they're good at T ball, but it sure. doesn't mean that they should be the, the right person helping you manage your money. So I would I would filter people and and really be, be honest about what you're you're hiring. And then don't, don't give up responsibility. You're not, nobody's going to care about your money more than you will ever. There is no, there's, there's, there's not an example of, of an advisor saying, I love you more than you love yourself. Something's off therapy probably is needed, but I mean, this is, this is what people yeah. need.
0: Well, and I know you have an educational tool that you're using. You have a podcast that you do, and I'm going to kind of do reference to your sweatshirt there where it says "Fu," which we're not saying that to anybody here right now, but um, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about your podcast?
1: So it's, it's interesting when, when this is a good way, if you have FU on your shirt or your hat, you get flipped off in a Whole Foods parking lot by hippies and I like hippies, but they, you know, when they flip you off, it's like, wait a second, how do you know I'm not from Florida, man? So, you know, FU is financial underdogs. It's also an FU to a system that keeps people in in shackles. And it's also about freeing you. Like there's, there's a lot of meanings behind the FU and it's, it's really the, the raw candid talk around money and investing based on 25 years, of not only learning and understanding it, but being in the middle of getting my butt kicked time after time after time. And so anything I ever suggest to somebody or say, Hey, here, I have an idea. I'm doing it or I've done it. And I've done it many times. And I didn't just do it 25 years ago. I think a lot of people say, well, I've got experience. I did it in 1974. And it's like, well, yeah, but this is 2000 freaking 20. Yeah. We're in the twenties. Like there's different stuff. Back then when you're talking about your experience, we didn't have cryptocurrencies. We didn't have these things. We have a, market that would make people's heads spin if they can even understand it mm-hmm. so it's a different world and and so fu is meant to say what's the truth so mm-hmm. it's a good platform it's a good piece of information until it gets deplatformed. so i mean that's yeah that that, that, that,
0: that's, that is the concern right now that we're living in right about possibly getting censored for what you're doing that is the concern for you because um i think some truth things that are out there may, might be hard to hear but we should all be able to hear them Um, when your, uh, your passion behind this, where does it kind of, where does it, where is it driven from?
1: So a number of years ago, I when after I melted down and I, Mm -hmm. I sat in the timeout box for a little while, I was waiting, (laughs) thinking, so you said, are you afraid of real estate? And the answer is yes, I was, I was afraid of everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. losing, going from 20 to negative five, that's a $25 million swing. It's like 2 million a month in the wrong direction. And so having that happen, especially when one's self-worth and net worth are all entangled, they're basically the same thing. So all of a sudden I went from being like King Kong to Kiwi Herman in a cage. I was like, this is a terrible experience. So I hung out and I just, well, first I, I denied it even happened in my brain. I was like, everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Like I still got my American express black card. Everything is good. Oh boy! Mm-hmm. It was not good. It was, mm-hmm. but you know, there's a denial state. After moving through that, I was figuring out what I was going to do. I spent a couple of years getting coached and with therapy and, and just asking a better question, like what the heck is true? And that's a great question by the way. And that then you ask question.
0: it. Yeah. What, what the heck is true is a great question.
1: And then you keep asking it and you keep going and you peel back layers. And the best way to do that is with somebody else mm-hmm. because then they sit there and they go, okay, what else? And then you do it. And I did this for, every week for almost two years. And when I got to the end of it, I realized I was a teacher that teaches based on experience and, and I cared about people, but I wasn't serving people the way that I could. And really our only goal in life is not to compare ourselves to somebody else. It should always be comparing ourselves to our potential. I was like, wait a second. I am not living up to my potential. So I sat with that and I started thinking, what can I do? How can I teach started getting into the space? I'm in teasing it, you know, with the retirement stuff. And then my dad got really sick and I had watched him retire basically broke. And then he got to a point where he told me, yeah, I got some tests and things aren't very good. And, uh, but that's on a voicemail. He said, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm stage four. That's what the test was, but anything, everything is good. Just, you know, I'll talk to you later. And so I went, Whoa, like, that's not good. So yeah, I flew up yeah. to Alaska and, and I saw him and we sat there and it was the last conversation we had. Yeah. It was at, at a coffee shop and, and he looked at me and he said, you know, there were so many things that I wanted to do. Yeah. And When you have a parent or anybody that you love you care about deeply that says something like that what they're telling you is i messed up i didn't live it and now i don't have any more time and i said this is this is hell on earth because i'm seeing the man i may be if i don't live it Mm -hmm. so it shifted everything and i said well what can i do about this one i don't ever want to have this conversation with somebody else where i'm on i'm doing what he did and Mm -hmm. and i i want to help people never have that conversation in general so that's where everything shifted to a place where I said, how can I break those shackles? Because he didn't have enough money because he played the game and the game was played against him. He didn't know it. And mm-hmm. he ultimately was too afraid to step out of his driveway without all the, the lights being green. And so there was this fear and this lack of resources. And I go, I gotta fix this. And so that's the million, the million people that are unshackled. I call it financial emancipation. And mm-hmm. that'll probably get me deplatformed too, cause it's probably racist. I'm like, that's what I do. It's, it's modern day slavery money has enslaved us and we need to, we need to get smarter and better about it.
0: Well, I wish we even had more time right now because I think this is an amazing conversation. And, and, you know, uh, Damien, thank you so much for sharing your story, because I think that's the passion that really drives you so that this doesn't continue to happen to other people and especially more people that you love. Um, I think that that's probably where a lot of my passions come from too. It's uh, family experience, life. Um, but, you know, one of the things I'm going to take away from this conversation, and I'd love to have you come back, uh, it's really about the human element of wanting people to succeed and know that there's uh, better information, better knowledge, um, mentors, incredible wisdom there, and you're never you're, you're too never young too young or too old to, too old to, to have, to have, have them. them. You know, have, you know, multiple, have multiple mentors in your, life. in your life. And, and I, think I think it's a, it's powerful, a powerful conversation. conversation. I, think I think that people should people look should at financial underdogs start start listening to your, your podcast. I think it's, it's you know it's um, um, it's timely, it's, timely, it's, it's perfect, perfect, and it's about awareness. It's about um, awareness. If, we if we expect things to be different, to be different each, and, each every and every day, day but doing but the same doing things, things over and over and over, and over and again. Over again. Um, what, do uh, what do you think the outcome is going, going, going to be? It's going to be the same, same thing, thing every single, every single day. day. You know, the definition, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and, thing over, and, over, and again over again and expecting, expecting different results. results. So, so I think, I think for, for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs people, people people that are thinking about, that thinking about they, want, they to want, to want to be, be um, um, their, own, um, their, own their own person, their own mentor, Get the, guy, Get the that's guy that's got the got bald hair. Here. Maybe, not, Maybe the not the gal that's got the, got the got bald, bald, bald hair. Here. You know, I've you know, got, you a got, got a lot of gray under, under this, this color here, shirt, you know, but you it's, it's, it's a lot about, about giving, back giving back and giving that, and that you know, powerful, know, powerful knowledge, knowledge and, education and education back to people. people. So Damien, thank, thank you so thank much for being on the show. It's been it's been a pleasure to have you. And I hope that you come back.
1: I would love to. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Wow, I could have talked to Damien all day maybe for just hours and hours and hours. I hope that that was something that gave you a lot of uh, excitement. I hope you check out his podcast as well. Um, just, a, just a wealth of knowledge. You know, Through experiences, we all glean it. So um, I know you've been listening and watching for quite some time. So I wanna act, um, give you the audience question that we have today. and I think it pertains to this subject really well. It says, I wanna start my own business and I am looking for a mentor in the same field. What is the process like with having a mentor? Well, that's a big question to ask because there's, there's so many different things. So it just depends on what that industry is that you want to go into. So in, the internet is an amazing thing, but I'll tell you, I think that there's one thing that's kind of underutilized, but it's starting to be used even more today. And, and that's LinkedIn. Uh, what I would probably do if I was going to go and start a new business and I didn't have any education or knowledge about it, I didn't even know if I could create success out of it, but I, I was determined to do it. Uh, I'd probably start looking at LinkedIn and uh, maybe some other resources too but I, I'm just saying you know with LinkedIn because you can actually create a filter there and it can design exactly the people that you want to talk to um, some of these people you know you're looking for success right you're looking for success you may want to interview um, some of these people and see if they might be a good fit for you just to say hey I'd love I'd love to glean on your knowledge would you give me 15- 20 minutes of your time now if it's more than that that you want um, start to look in your community, see who has done it really well and basically exudes success from it. Now, not everyone is successful. Sometimes what I have found, which is an interesting thing is, um, sometimes the person that has the, the car that looks like they're, you know, you know, barely keeping it together. And uh, maybe they're more modest with their approach so might be the most successful mentor out there. So um, what Damien said, too, is look for the bald hair. I also say look for a little bit of gray hair and some wrinkles that might help you too. But uh, your goals, dreams and desires should be helped by having the influence of a great mentor. So don't give up. Make sure that that's a big priority of it. Because I do believe also that you can't do without a great mentor in your life. I've had many in mind, so I'm grateful for each and every one. Again, stay tuned. We'll be back next week with our next show. And if you have any questions, please you know, send them to us. Put them in the link below or put them in the comments. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Again, take care. We'll be back with more ways to love your money.